Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing here at the Hayes FM. And we're speaking with Randy Lippert, the professor of the University of Windsor. So we've just given some information. So hopefully uh, you'll start receiving some emails and uh, wonderful uh, details about condominium ownership from these condo owners out there. Absolutely. Yes. That, that's great. I mean, we're really looking forward to hearing from people. And, uh, you know, there's a graduate student waiting in Windsor right now. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So I'll get the lines going, <laughs> guys. Right. Yeah, it, it creates <laughs> you know? a good job for him as well and, and her. So there's two of them. Well, you know, the thing, too, is that bringing in the universities, I, you know, I think that I commend you for this because, I mean, you know, it's needed. And not only that, university students are the wave of the future for condominiums. I mean, they are our next condo owners. It's not like condominiums are going away anytime soon. I mean, yeah, that's definitely the case, isn't it? And also people who are interested in, in condo issues and, and in researching them. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to develop. And in the grant that I, you know, got for the, the study, which is the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, um, which is completely independent. But I mean, the part of the, the aim and, you know, what we have to show when we get the grant is that we're going to employ students and, and train them to become, you know, researchers and academics, possibly, but researchers first. And uh, so they're getting experience in interviewing and analyzing data and so on. You know, if I think of the industry trades, everybody that's uh, working in any of the industries right now are all geared to the operations of the condominium building. So actually what you've just said is interesting because it's actually gearing towards knowledge to, to conduct the process that you're conducting. But think about all the information that these young students are going to walk away f- with and later may very well be directors or board of you know, condominium board of directors down the road. Oh, that's right. And the amount of knowledge that they're going to have. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, you're going to have very uh, knowledgeable people about, they're going to know a lot about condominiums and, uh, you know, it's not a topic necessarily that the students, you know, immediately embrace. But once they understand that, you know, the issues involved and, I mean, some of the things you talk about on your program, you know, with respect to law, law and, you know, engineering and, you know, finance and things like that, they start to see, you know, wait a minute. I mean, there's a lot, you know, going on there. And uh, it does pique their interest. Well, you know, it's interesting. I actually sat, I guess it was about three weeks ago, I spent seven hours in Superior Court with a condo owner. Mm, wow. That was really interesting because, it, unfortunately, the judge was not familiar with the Condo Act at all. Uh-oh. It floored me. It just absolutely floored me. So when I'm hearing this and I'm thinking there has to be a mechanism out there because of the complexity of condominiums, where, you know, knowledge-based information that's readily and easily available is important. And and if, I mean, if a judge of superior court doesn't have that information, you've got to sit back and think, wow. <laughs> I mean, we're expecting the everyday person to have the information. We're expecting, you know, I mean, we have a huge amount of multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we're pushing really for a declaration, a standardized declaration. That's what the Condo Owners Association is pushing for. Okay. Because it's completely um, ridiculous to have different condo documents in every single condo building. Like, if you think about it, using the stats that I just gave out, I mean, think about how many different declarations you have, but so much of it is repetitive. Mm-hmm, okay. So what's the point of it? Yeah. You know, I mean, specific to the building can be specific. So you can have maybe schedules that are specific, but the overall operations and so on mm-hmm. should pretty much be the same all the way around. I don't understand why they would be that much different that every single building has to have a different condo document. Yeah, no, I mean, that doesn't make sense on the on the surface. Why, you know, in terms of the, the democratic, you know, principles that are involved, I mean, why would they vary from building to building? It just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that that has happened, you know, and that there wasn't more, you know, foresight back in the 60s, but hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. So I don't see that that's uh, something that they shouldn't do, that's for sure. Maybe that could be one of your questions, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe that could be something, you know, somehow if you're able to have condo owners that are willing to give up a copy of their declaration so that you could actually almost to some degree do a comparison. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that would be terrific. Um, yeah, I mean, again, completely confidential and, mm-hmm. and so on. But yeah, just to see the form of the declaration, be able to compare, definitely that would be uh, interesting as well as eventually, you know, compare with uh, New York City and in, in the way, you mm-hmm. know, and again, they use different language covenants and, and so on. But that is, uh, yeah, definitely something that we would be interested in, in receiving if um, owners were willing to, you know, uh, part with a copy. Well, exactly, because, I mean, those copies there, they're invaluable for your research. I will guarantee you that condo owners will have these. They'll have them sitting in their closet for 10 years, and they won't even as much as look at them. Mm -hmm. So, And especially, too, what if, what if it's a condo owner that maybe moved and doesn't need that paperwork anymore? Sure. You know? No, that's just as relevant. Yeah, exactly. And you know, so really, condo owners out there, or past condo owners, if you do have a copy of your declaration from the past, really, seriously, give it to the University of Windsor. Give it to you've got the information from Randy Lippert. Send it over so that they can do a comparison on it, because I think that the information in there, running from different corporations will spell out a tremendous amount of things, and we will be able to find a way to standardize certain aspects. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely, um, you know, part of the interest in, in terms of the way that the governance is, you know, is currently working and, and obviously in, in terms of what would or should perhaps happen in the, in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's always easy to, you know, if we have an interview, it can be either, you know, telephone or personal, you know, grad students are in Toronto as well. And, and, uh, you know, they could meet with you and, and you could just, give them a copy then as well. Yeah. If, if that's easier for you, we're certainly open to that as well. I, we found most people prefer the phone interview. Well, it's a little more yeah, comfortable, they, I guess, with someone they don't <laughs> but know. But they could but. actually send it in anonymously. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's the yeah. thing. Like, you know, oh. I mean, if, if they have anything or a letter, if they don't want to talk or they don't want to put their name on it, they could send things oh. out anonymously as Def- well. Definitely. Yeah. And, right. I mean, and that's only like one, you know, small part of, you know, uh, of the, the research project. I don't mean that it's small. 
in terms of, you know, what it'll take to, to look through it. But, I mean, I think it just points to the complexity of, of continental governance. There's so many areas that, you know, we can look at. And, um, and because I'm in it for the long term, you know, I'm hoping that there's going to be a number of projects, you know, related to that, but also mm-hmm. offshoots of this sort of larger project in, in, you know, over the next decade and so on. Well, I think the key thing, if you had copies of those, the key thing you could target into right off the bat, okay, would be number one would be leased, leased items in the building. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is leased? You see, because a lot of times people don't know what it is that they own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they own the unit, but do they own the piping? Okay. They own the unit, but do they also, are they responsible for balcony repairs? Is that part of their ownership? Do you see where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, and they usually learn that when, when something when goes something wrong. When something goes wrong, right. and then it's expensive, mm-hmm. yeah. And then leasing as far as equipment in the building. So in other words, do they own their cooling systems or heating systems? And, you know, are, are they having to pay monthly leases on these things, which hasn't been incorporated in the maintenance fees originally? Hmm. So, you know, lease contracts and so on. Another one I would probably recommend would be maintenance fees, you know, maintenance fees geared to commercial units that could be on the main levels. Hmm. Okay. Because sometimes their structures are different. There's also something called live work units, which are totally messed up and they should actually can, they should can those completely. And that is coming from me, Linda Pinizzato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to can those because people, what they do is they buy a live work unit, which is residential. And then what they do is they just go and turn it into a commercial office. Then they sit on the board and mm-hmm. that way they don't have to pay the money to buy a commercial office and they still pay residential taxes. So you may want to do a research on this live-work functionality because... Um, yes, it sounds very interesting arrangement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, another thought could be just the way taxations are do- done. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to some degree they take uh, cost information, uh, you know, they take square footages and pass sales in the building and so on. But the square footages are actually not the interior of the unit. They're actually inside the walls. Okay. So it's not living space. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, why are you being taxed? Yeah. yeah. So why are you being taxed on concrete walls <laughs> as opposed to your living space? I mean, you should be taxed, you know, with respect to what you're living inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a house because you got your land and your house values all combined. But in a condominium, I mean, you've got your airspace and now you wonder about whether or not you got your concrete space that you're actually paying for mm. as well. So I don't know if that's kind of outside of the realm of things that you're doing, but these are things that are kind of sticking in my mind yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, well, those issues would def- will, you know? You know, definitely come up. In, you know, people will relate those, I'm fairly confident. And that, you know, I mean, it's you know, highly dependent on what people tell us. Well, so, it, you know, and, and certainly that, that sounds like something that would be worth looking into as well. Yeah. So have you found that, uh, like with age in New York and all the different areas in the U.S., like... What's an average age of these? Like, are, are we looking, I don't know where they would be as far as, I mean, the new construction mm-hmm. is a no-brainer, but I know with the gatehouse communities and so on, for instance, in Florida, they've been around for years. Mm-hmm. That's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I they're, I would say, well, I don't want to say they're older than they are in, in Toronto, but Toronto's had such a, you know, recent rush of condo building that I think on average they probably are much older. And yeah, I mean, the gated communities is really like, you know, late late nineteen seventies and and you know, mid eighties. I think is when they really went crazy. And 
you know, Arizona and to some degree Florida in building those. So those are, I'm guessing to do research down there, you would be coming up against, you know, very different issues than you're coming up against here with more of the newer, uh, you know, buildings and so on, just in terms of things starting to peter out and people wondering, well, how are we going to pay for this? Um, not just roofs, you know, I mean, it's the entire, you know, infrastructure of the operation of the, you know, the gated community in this case. Yeah, what's it going to cost and, and who's going to pay for it? And, and then there's the whole thing of insolvency um, but that's know, sort of, you know, raised, you know is, is out there as a possibility. You know, that's the interesting part. Is Have you ever heard the comments where they say that construction, even if you go into a house, okay, and you say the new construction today is much stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But the interesting part about it is, is that when you look at a house and you look back at something that was built like 30 years ago, okay, they're not using press boards. They're, they're using much stronger material. Their beams, their, like everything is a lot stronger materials than what they're using today. Mm-hmm. The funny part about it is, is that with condominiums, between all that controversy that went on on glass and so on, so you've got the older buildings that are all, you know, brick, mortar, concrete, you know, that have been around for like 20, 25 years. And the structure of the building, I find it hard to believe that they'd have too much being compromised. Mm-hmm. Do you see? I see what you're saying. You see what and, I'm saying? But so, the new yeah. buildings are all glass and aluminum and steel and, you know, like uh, the way that the flashings are done and so on. Mm-hmm. So the interesting part about it is, is that I guess you've got to close your eyes and think, okay, so where are they going to be in 20 years? Because they don't have the brick and the mortar and the concrete. Yeah, right. I mean, you do hear that about, you know, just your average home that, you know, of course, they're not built the same as they used to be. I mean, that's just a cliche, but I mean, there's a lot of truth to it. And yeah, I mean, that's, those issues are, you're right, you know, at the forefront, I think, as opposed to something that's going to happen, you know, 20 years down the road. And you know, what happened in Vancouver is, is a case in point. You know, when I lived there, there was tremendous condo growth. And, you know, after we left it, uh, oh, wow, you know, what happened? Like, you know, a huge debacle over the uh, the uh, ceiling of the buildings uh, against water. And, uh, yeah, and so, and that isn't something, you know, those are new condos, you know, relatively new. That's you know. right. So, you know, you look at it, you think, okay, so the older ones have a high maintenance fees right now. The newer ones don't because they're still going on, you know, what they've uh, speculated would be as far as what their maintenance fees are. But the reserve funds are going to be done the same way that they've been done. They almost maybe have to look at reserve funds and see whether or not they need to be done somewhat differently. Mm-hmm. If your building is from this age to this age, and if it's a newer one from this age to this age, because the past history is different from what the forward future is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't base it on what ha- what's happened in the past because the buildings are so different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that in, in itself would be <laughs> interesting in terms of looking at, you know, how those, you know, studies are done and, you know, if, is it all science or is there, you said speculation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, there must be a lot that goes on there. Uh, let's put it that way at this point, I guess. I think so. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at the Condo Expert. Uh, we're speaking with Randy Lippert of the University of Windsor. We'll be right back. <laughs> 